ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and we are going to take things in a very different direction today. As most of my listeners know, I live in the great state of Texas. We're going to turn right, and we're going to look to Latin America. But while we're doing that, we're going to turn left to look to Europe. I don't know how I'm going to look both ways at the same time, but we're going to try it, because I'm thrilled to have Gregorio Esteban with me. Um, We're going to go into his professional background in a minute, but Gregorio, first of all, I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you very much for having me today. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, sure. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started in the entertainment business, later on in the financial services, managing funds as well. And since a few years ago in real estate, the scope is quite wide, as you can see. But since eight years ago, I already started a real estate business, first in Europe and later on in Latin America. And what's the name of that real estate business? Excuse me? What's the name of that real estate business? The name of company is called Mirabal. So we are based in Europe, but all our operation is currently happening in Latin America. We have started in Colombia, now in Panama, Costa Rica, expanding, and uh, a lot of things to do. So quite busy, very well. So I'm very excited to visit with you because this podcast is called the ESG Report. So we try to take up topics around ESG, and I visited with a couple of construction companies or builders who talk about green buildings and that sort of thing. But I've not had the chance to visit with someone like yourself who's looking at it from a little bit different perspective. But before we get there, could you tell us a little bit about Mirabal Holdings and really what is sustainable real estate and housing? Okay, Mirabal Holdings is, is the name says a holding company that is, is providing what we call sustainable housing solutions in Latin America. What we do very much is micro projects, minimum 1,000 units, what we will call in, in, in the US or in Europe, master plan communities, but with a trick here. What we take care is absolutely of, we take care of every single thing, including infrastructure as well. Uh, the ESG approach, the green approach, and everything that these days is talked about how to implement sustainability in companies and mainly in construction companies. It's not an easy task and it's not just a, it's not just a simple answer for that question. What we do basically is just that. We are a master planner developer uh, for sustainable microcities in Latin America. And what, <clears throat> what we do basically is that we take care of every single thing related to what we call a sustainable community or microcity, from sustainable infrastructures, water, electricity, sustainability for waste management, until how do we um, plan the urbanism all under human scale, that we call it human scale, and, and how everything is treated, also the construction process. So everything is pretty much done from the scratch, which is a huge advantage. We can do that because we're in Latin America, which is basically a continent, but have a lack of housing in, an, in a structural manner. There is a huge deficit 
in quality and quantity of housing for the population over there. So it's a perfect place for us where, where we can de develop our business model. So I live in a rural part of West Texas, mm -hmm. and we have two phrases that I wanted to see if also translate into the type of work you do. And they both mean this basically the same thing. The first is affordable housing, and the second is achievable housing. And it's the problem we have in our area is in the towns, the housing is so expensive that young couples, young married couples cannot afford to buy a house. Public servants such as teachers, firefighters, policemen, people who work for the local government, they can't afford to buy a house. And so that's led to a employment deficit because entry-level workers cannot move to our town because they can't afford to live here. So employers can't get the people they need. Does your form of sustainable housing also look at the affordability or the achievability of people to actually either rent or own their own home? That point of view is quite interesting because that is taking us exactly to the S of sustainability. What is sustainability? There are big differences between what I've just said, what's affordable housing, achievable housing, but also in Latin America, we have the, the social housing. Okay, so we have like more definitions of how people is entering to the market of housing. But let's go straight for what you're in, in your scenario. How do we tackle that? First of all, there is a very interesting word, uh, excuse me, letter in ESG framework. That one is S, social, that we tell the, the S of sustainability, okay? Because you can swipe it. Sustainability is not just using green material, carbon footprint, and all those things. It's also how to make sustainable all the industrial model that you are contributing. Okay, you can have achievable houses, you can have affordable houses, but you can make all these also under a certain framework in ESG. Okay, so you have to make it in a way that finally that who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for all these and can make it happen? Because, of course, lower income housing cannot afford what is, what is called an environment of sustainable housing or this type of housing. Somebody have to pay for that. But what we do basically just to, to tackle this is that in the same environment what we are developing or let's say micro cities, we are also developing structures for have works, office space, giving the chance to have industries around, just also having the schools around, all these type of things that make the developments almost independent of grid in a lot of aspects, not just energy and not just public services or, or utilities. Still, the affordability of, let's call it a, a green building or a green, total green concept house is not easy and it's not for everyone. For instance, in Latin America, people doesn't care really much if, how is this constructor, what is the carbon footprint? First, 
we need the roof. Let's talk later about, about this ESG. So as you see, we are seeing things from a very different perspective in the US and Europe than in Latin America. That S that we talk about before is the S of social and this is S of sustainability. The sustainability have to be sustainability in long-term jobs, in creating high quality jobs, in creating wealth for the families that are around and can make a living, having a roof for everyone. And then let's talk about environmental issues. Because if we didn't do the things first, there's no way. Nobody can pay for that. The, 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 how the situations have we approached in the US and Europe is completely different. And that needs the collaborations of more estimates like the government, like municipalities, all, all those type of actors that can help to make that possible. Gregorio, you advocate a, perhaps a reformulation of the letters ESG yeah. for Latin America. Could you tell us your theory behind that and what the differences actually mean in Latin America? Yeah, I pretty much advocate for a change of uh, a focus. I think that ESG framework, it's been very much oriented from the very beginning to the developed world, to the Europe, I mean, Japan, in the US, because when you talk about environmental first, um, social and governance last, that's pretty much what can be done in, in, in Europe and the first world in developed markets. But when you go to Latin America, we need to see this in an asymmetric way because things doesn't wait the same. We have a social, let's call it a scenario where inequality is a reality. So we cannot talk about environmental when there are a lack of millions of housing units to be delivered and people doesn't have a roof where to live. So we are always put first the S first. Okay, it for us is social first, because it's social that is making this sustainable. Social is also not just about providing social housing, which we don't do. We, we don't, we are not in that market. We are not in the social housing market. But providing housing solutions with a focus on sustainability, but not the sustainability in the way that is taken in the US or Europe, that is, just talking about materials and environmental, but sustainability in what is how sustainable we make the society to cope up, to cope with this. And the society is more than buildings and more than streets and more than apartments. It's jobs, it's industry, it's economy. We have to make the economy around what we create also sustainable. So for us, it's first, uh, yes. The second is the G, of course, the, the governance of the companies. And the last, but not least, that is very important, and it's a consequence, is the E of environmental. Because we've done the previous work to give the solution, to educate, to go for the consequence that is taking care of the environment later. Gregorio, it seemed to me to be a natural following if we reformulate just those three letters to looking at metrics in a different way. Yeah. Or perhaps reprioritizing our metrics to follow a GSE format. How would you help someone think through that reformulation of the metrics under a reformulated ESG well, to GSE? 
Yeah. The thing is that have to be pretty dynamic. This have to be pretty dynamic because the region, Latin America in itself, would need a kind of special framework for them. But each country as well, because each country is not the same, even having same similar situations, etc. So probably I will go for a kind of junior ESG that is SDGs from the United Nations. SDGs from the United Nations are what have to be really deployed in Latin America first. Once all those SDGs are in place and are fulfilled, let's go for the new ESG, Latin American ESG. Pretty much what I advocate for is for an asymmetry in how all these parameters are taken. Because we cannot ask for the same level of demand. We cannot demand the same to company in Geneva or in London than a company in Medellin or in a small city in Peru. Basically, it's not the same situation. It's not the same scenario. The, I talk to a lot of people in this space, and many of them are entrepreneurs like yourself. And they were drawn to, one, the challenge, but two, the opportunity. And I've talked to some people who suggest that sustainability is literally a multi-trillion dollar opportunity for the world. And so I really wanted to ask you about the opportunity because I'm a huge capitalist. And that means when I see someone like you who sees a business opportunity and moves or even a business need and moves to fill it from a business perspective, moving the ball forward. So I wanted to ask you, what do you see as the opportunity? Is it really uh, the complete Latin American market? If we can get some of these concepts translated to a Latin American framework and is that what excites you or is it really something else? It's a lot of things that makes really exciting the opportunity. And as you say, it's a trillion. This once, <clears throat> sorry. I see the opportunity like once in a generation. Let's go to the macros first. We have a huge millions and millions of housing deficit in units, in quantity. But also we have millions of housing deficit in quality. We have a demographics that are a dream for any business. The demographics are supporting all this. We have countries that are very rich in itself and, and where the, the families are very structured and wants to, they're very aspirational. They want to improve the quality of their lives. And of course, we have the chance of doing the things right from the start. We have the chance to bring the best of the developed world to, to countries or region of the world that are eager to take it. And we can do it from the scratch. We can do the things right from the scratch and not adapting what is wrongly done years ago to a new framework where to do the things right. We can do from the scratch green utilities. We can do from the scratch better use of materials. We can do from the scratch every single thing because it's just there to make it. Somebody have to do it. So. I'm like you, a huge capitalist, and I see the opportunity, and I also see that there is quite transversal as well. It's not just building houses. There's a lot of things attached to this that is really constructing something else, that is really 
is almost a way of constructing something related to civilization. Just to, then I don't want to sound very pompous, but we have the chance to make something really different, important, and very profitable. I don't find that pompous at all, and that's quite philosophical. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast, but before we go, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself, on Miravel, or really any of the topics you've touched upon today, where would you suggest they go? Okay, they can go to our webpage, that is miraval.com.co, or LinkedIn page, or my personal LinkedIn page, Gregorio Esteban, Miraval Holdings. And we're very regularly interacting with news, with everything that is around the company. And great to be in touch with anyone interested in our proposal. Well, Gregorio, I wanted to thank you again. This has been one of the most enjoyable podcasts I've done in some time, and I hope we can continue this conversation. Excellent. Thank you very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure to be here with you. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the ESG Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. The ESG Report is a part of the award-winning Compliance Podcast Network. If you'd like to be a part of the network, please give me a shout at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Hope you look forward to the next episode of the ESG Report.